What's going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday and welcome to this week's episode of With Her Two Hands, the podcast where every week I have the distinct honor of getting to sit down with another incredible tradeswoman and introduce you all to her uh, to hear her story, her challenges, her struggles, her successes, um, and hopefully start normalizing this whole idea of women out working in the trades and showing off how many incredible women there are out there every day just grinding and making it happen and seeing lots of success within these industries that are so incredibly male dominated. My name is Bogey. I am your host. I am a master automotive technician by trade, but the series is all about celebrating women in all trades. So if you go back through all of the archives and past episodes, you'll see that we've had construction workers and plumbers and iron workers and welders and fabricators and you name it. Um, if it's about building, fixing and making things with your own two hands, we want to have her on this show and celebrate her and share her story with the world. So if you know somebody or if you are somebody who is a woman working in the trades, definitely hit us up. Maybe we'll get you on an episode sometime soon. But um, we've got a really great episode lined up for you today. I'm very excited about tonight's guest, but I do have a couple of sponsors that I'd like to thank before we dive into things. So if you work in the trades, you know that having the right tools and the best continuing education and a, of course, a great contact list of resources in your phone is absolutely crucial. And every year at Apex, that is my go-to event to check all of those boxes. You discover the latest and greatest in tools and parts, and you get unparalleled networking in. Um, it's America's largest automotive conference. It is in Vegas this year. It's October 31st through November 2nd. The seats are going to fill up fast. Of course, the rooms in Vegas fill up fast. So don't wait. Go get yourself registered now. I'm going to have a link in my description down below, so make sure you check that out. Or of course, you can just go to Apex on their website as well. And then speaking of education, because they do a ton of education at Apex, but all year round, you probably are familiar with ASE. Um, you know that I am a huge proponent for getting all of the training, all of the certifications. It's especially crucial for women, um, but for both male and female industry professionals, it's so important. Certifications bring a really much needed element of professionalism and pride. Uh, to the industry, and it shows your commitment to your trade, your craft, uh, and your career. I've been a proud ASE Master Certified Technician for 15 years, and having that certification was definitely a big part of getting my foot in the door in the industry. And so you're probably familiar with ASE most for their certification and their Blue Seal Shop programs, but what you might not know um, is that they do a ton of work behind the scenes, kind of establishing standards throughout the industry, but also they have a ASE Education Foundation. And through that foundation, they do um, free online classes for students. They also help train all of the amazing technical trainers and teachers all across the country in trade schools and high schools and college programs all across the country. So for more information, you can go check them out on aseeducationfoundation.org. And in fact, tonight, our guest is not only an ASE Master Certified Technician, but she is also, uh, she sits on the ASE Education Foundation board. So she's going to tell us a little bit about that experience as well. Um, she has been in the industry for over 14 years. She, I don't know how she does it all. She's a senior for, I'm hoping I'm saying this right, senior Ford master technician. She is also ASE master technician. She's a 
transmission specialist. Uh, she sits on the board for the AAC Education Foundation, and she is a mom of two little ones. Um, I don't know how she does it. She's in the midst of a big move right now, and she has amazingly made time uh, to, to come spend this hour with us this evening. So I'm really thrilled to have her. So without further ado, enough of my rambling. Let's get Miss Jenny Kovach on. All right. Where, how do I add you? Why am I having an issue adding you? Come on, computer. Um, there we go. All right. Finally. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Did I, I, I know we just talked about your last name before we got live. Did I pronounce it right? Is it Kovach? Um, Kovacs. Kovacs. Okay. It's how, yeah, it's how we say Pronounce it, it the American way. <laughs> right. In, in Hungarian, CS is Ch, I believe. So they go back. I'm sure Kovac. that we're, we but, American, Americanized it for sure. Yeah. That's okay. So my nickname is Hungarian. I don't know if you knew that, but um, yeah, so I have this like Hungarian connection. Jenny is not actually Hungarian, but her last name is Hungarian because uh, her husband is. So I thought that was fun. But anyhow, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here and, uh, and made time to hang out amidst all of your craziness. Would you um, introduce yourself to the fine folks at home? Tell them a little bit where you are what you do, what I left out in my little introduction, and then we'll uh, we'll go back in time and, and find out more about your story. Yeah, um, so I'm a dealership employee, work for Ford. Um, I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. The dealership's actually down in Bell Vernon, which is south of okay. Pittsburgh. Um, and I've been a tech for Ford for a while now. And um, I, decided to go to high school tech and then ended up with Ford. And um, then I met my husband at Ford school and um, I got married. And um, now we, we both own the Chris and Jenny's garage as well. Oh, that's right. And, I left that um, out entirely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we work together um, with that and it's, it's really great because um, um, Chris, does most of the day-to-day -day running of the business and I'll step in if there's something Ford related or if there's a transmission that needs rebuilt or um, for the state inspections, I, um, I'll inspect the vehicles as well. So, um, okay. but we work hand in hand together, which is really cool. Oh and then, um, so, and then um, the ASC thing, it was just like a crazy whirlwind of the past couple of years. Um, I decided, um, one of my former teachers actually contacted me and asked if I would speak on a webinar um, for women in the industry. Um, okay. And it was hosted by the ASE Foundation. And then um, the next year, they asked if I would speak, um, be a presenter at the um, instructor conference. And um, I was, it was out in Texas and I, I went down and um, I was so nervous. And there was like, this crowd of like 500 people or so, you know, it, all instructors at the instructor conference. And um, I stood, I sat on a panel with other women, with Kat Trainer. she was leading it and um, nice. a bunch of other women. And, um, and that was like, I was so nervous, but I felt like it was so important to, you know, maybe it, it would encourage another young girl to be in this industry. And I absolutely love this job. So it's like, it's such a great career. And I thought that if I had an opportunity to show a young girl that you can succeed in this industry, then I felt like it was really important for me yeah. to do that. 
So Absolutely. was that I your first time? And... Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I said I went, I went up on stage and um, once I started like asking questions and doing the thing, like it's, it was such a topic that I was so passionate about. It was just really easy to do it. And um, then after that, I got asked to be if I was interested in being on the board. And, That's so awesome. Um, it's just it just feels like so big, you know, like I'm just amazing. It is. It's huge. No, it's a huge yeah. honor. I'm so curious. Was that like your first time you had the the panel and then they at the ASC Foundation, you were on the panel there. Was that, had that been your first time like doing any sort of like public speaking or like, you know, stuff yeah. on Yeah, pretty on the much. <laughs> yeah. How did they, how did they find you originally? I mean, up until this point, you were just kind of like doing doing the damn thing, just kicking butt at the dealership and running your shop with your right. husband and doing all the rest. How did they find you? Well, um, it was um, my high school tech teacher, who was the first oh, that's teacher right. I ever yeah. had through automotive, um, okay. Mr. Yoder. Um, but he, um, I think he, he's on the ASE board. I'm not, he's okay. not on the board. He's on, he's a field manager for the ASE foundation. Okay. Um, so he, and then he's also, um, I'm not sure. He was a, a president of the um, Greater Pittsburgh, like Auto Dealers Association. So he okay. was always like in and out of the dealerships and making sure students get, you know, places in this industry and like yeah. um, making sure his students were, you know, getting their places in college or, or seeing yeah. how they were doing in the dealership. And he's, He's been um, great for, um, I think, making that connection between student and career. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah. So he, I think that whenever the ASE Foundation was looking for someone to, you know, do, do you know women that would be interested in doing this webinar? Of course, um, he thought of me and went, came and asked me. That's awesome. Um, yeah. It's really, it's really cool to be recognized like that. Heck yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a we've got a question from our viewers, and I, I want to dig back into time a little bit, but I want to um, bring this up real quick while we're still on the on the topic of this. But um, so Kenneth is asking if um, your Ford dealership that you work at, if they feel like there's any conflict of interest with you working with your husband at the independent shop that you own, and how do you how have you navigated that? Because I think that's a lot of technicians deal right. with that sort of challenge. Right. I mean, that is, I mean, some dealerships make you sign, you know, conflict of interest clauses and stuff like that. And yeah. um, I think that whenever I got hired at my current dealership, I was already an established technician. Um, you know, I went in there um, and they opened me with big wide open arms. You know, they, they had been, I think they said that it was a year that they had gone without a transmission tech at that time. And that they, I was really in high demand. Um, so whenever I went in there, leverage. I was like, listen, <laughs> I got, I got other stuff going on. I was like, um, you know, the dealership is far enough from where my husband does his work that there's, there's, we're not stealing customers from them. Another thing is that also um, we do a lot of, you know, older vehicles that the customers wouldn't necessarily come to the dealership, you know, stuff that's 20 years old, 25, 30 years old. And, and it yeah. and it's 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 rusty, and my husband's welding, uh, you know, stuff back together on these vehicles. or doing body work, yeah. and that doesn't really overlap with okay. with my dealership job as well. So there's that part of it. Um, and then I, there's a different manager now than whenever I started. But like 
and when the new manager got hired, I was like, listen, this isn't going to be a problem, right? <laughs> you know, like, I'm worried about it, you know, because that is a definite concern, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. No, from a dealership standpoint, it definitely makes sense for it to be a concern. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, is this person going to be uh, stealing work from us, you know, or right. um, spending or- spending time and resources at work um, right. doing their own thing instead of working on our stuff? and Right. Or utilizing um, our resources to make their right, own money out, out of the dealership. I think yes. like the way you lined it out to them of like, these are all the reasons why I'm not competition for you and that they're not competitive definitely. interests. Um, I think it's okay. If you like had a Ford specialty shop right. right around the corner, that might be a little more of an issue. <laughs> and, I, and I definitely keep anything that I would, if I would need to use dealership resources, which would be the the state inspections. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do that, you know, at the after, after hours, you know, and nice. make sure I have an RO written up and, you know, I'm, I'm paying for the stickers and paying for the stuff that they want me to pay for. So yeah. It's um, mutually beneficial a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely not in their way, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. It's awesome, just like the point that kind of like got slightly glazed over or glossed over there, but like like the how in demand you were. And I think that's the reality that I think we forget about a lot in these industries. Like you were in so demand, so much demand as a transmission specialist, as an expert, as an established technician that like... Mm -hmm. They're like, that's fine. We don't care. We need you. <laughs> like, right. Right. At that point, it was like, oh, you also happen to be a girl. Like that doesn't like your your qualifications, your certifications, your experience levels like yeah. those are the things that we need. So that's yeah. awesome. I finally like reached the point where the fact that I'm female is like a sidebar more than, you know, how is this going to affect my shop? You know, it was, it's, yeah. I'm curious. Somebody asked me this this week and I was speaking at a conference and I'm going to, the way you phrase that makes me want to bring this up. He asked me, when was the first time I felt accepted by the industry and where my, where I went somewhere and had I ever experienced a place where I like went somewhere and it wasn't an issue. Was this the first time for you that you felt like that it was a non-issue no, that's not that this uh C Harper is wonderful, but they were not the first time that experienced that. Nice. Um so I've been at a couple different Ford dealerships. Um okay. so the one previous to C Harper was Davies. And um whenever I worked down in their Connellsville location, I you know, Jim Davies and, and the managers down there at the time, um they really um saw my strengths. I wasn't a transmission tech yet at that point. I had um you know, I had already completed my two years. I feel like I'm working backwards here. You're fine. You're <laughs> fine. We're just rolling but, with um, it. It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I had all my cert, most of my certifications to be a senior master tech through board. Okay. Um, but I wasn't a transmission tech yet. Um, didn't really have much diesel experience either at that time. And um, I had some some people that really were like, no, you're detail oriented. Like you you pay it. You you can like read through the instructions and not miss anything. And this is like, and they were like, we think that we need a trans transmission tech. They were like, we think that we can you know train you to be a transmission tech. And it was a little bit difficult because like all the specialty tools were all you know scattered because there hadn't been a transmission tech down there for some time and. Um, we had to get some stuff and make, make do. And 
Um, and then it was a learning process. And man, was that difficult because I mean, if you rebuild a transmission incorrectly, you don't know until you put it in the car and then right. it screws <laughs> up again. And then you have to take it back out. And that, uh, that was, a, that was a very frustrating. And I had some very, very supportive people at the time that were like, no, we believe in you. We know you can do this. And we think that you're the best person for this job. And once you get it, you're going to, you're going to be great. And That's they just like really were very patient with me. I know there was one, um, I never did figure, figure out that transmission, but <laughs> there was a, <laughs> there was a, a construction van that was like, um, very, very heavy, very loaded down. You know, they had the big con compressor in the back of the van. It was all loaded down with tools and parts and it was probably overweight for what the transmission was rated for in the first place. But um, I rebuilt this transmission and put it back in and it had no reverse. And then I oh. did that again, like seven times. Oh, no. <laughs> and, I, and I was contacting, you know, the Ford hotline, like, what did I miss? Like I got, I like replaced everything. Like, what do you yeah. want me to do? And they said, you know what? It must be like a hairline fault in the case or something like we're not sure and they wow. sent me a unit and I never did figure out that transmission oh but man. Like, that just that just shows you know how dedicated the management was at the time to like help me get yeah. through this rough patch you know yeah like, it's, no a, kidding. it's definitely a learning curve and I didn't have a mentor there at the time and I had gone through the, the transmission class through Ford school through the asset program yeah but um but that's a like at the that's time a far I was cry like, from doing it full time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was at the time I was like, you know, I don't want to be a transmission tech. I'm not going to do this, <laughs> you know. Right. And so I was paying attention in class. But then, you know, life happened, and then I actually took uh, like a year off, and with my when I had my son, and I was going back after this, you know. So it was like I, was, yeah. I felt like I was out of practice, and the class had been so long ago, and yeah. but. That's a huge testament yeah. to the shop that you were at. Cause I feel like at a lot of shops, like even just having to redo it once, it would be, you'd be the butt yeah. of everybody's jokes for the next month. Right. right? Yeah. But to, but to do it seven months, seven times and still have yeah. people be like, that's okay. You got this. We have faith in you. That's huge. Yeah. It that's is great. amazing. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, so we've, we've started in the present and worked our way back, but I do want to rewind yeah. a little bit because we, yeah. <laughs> we talked about briefly your, your high school shop um, teacher and, mm -hmm. and sounds like he was just a huge ally and advocate for you. Um, what, what mm -hmm. made you take auto shop in high school? Um, what was that experience like? Cause that's 14 something years ago, you said that you've been a tech or was it, I don't. Yeah. Well, I, I graduated 09 from high school. Okay. So okay. Um, I had three years of auto tech in high school. Okay. And, um, what then, made you take um, auto tech? Oh, what made me take auto tech? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I had always been, um, I loved riding little quads and dirt bikes and stuff that my dad had got. And my dirt bike um, was always breaking down. Didn't want to start. And um, if I wanted a ride, then I had to fix it. You know, I had a, I had a really good system set up where I'd pull the spark plug out and squirt some gas in and it just like minor stuff, but it, it, it gave me an interest in it. And then my mom um, actually um, from a family member got uh, a 66 Mustang. Ooh. And then, 
yeah. And then my dad and I um, rebuilt that car together, you know, everything from, oh, cool. you know, tuning the engine to replacing suspension parts to, you know, yeah. putting new body panels on and painting it. We put new carpet in it. The headliner awesome. was fun. When I pulled the old headliner out, there was like a bunch of dead baby mice that like fell on my head. It was fun. Oh, that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah. I've not like, experienced the Mustang that one. really. Yeah. <laughs> so the Mustang awesome. really got my foot into the door. And then my older cousin, Dan, was um, in the automotive as well. And he okay. would be talking with my uncle and my other cousins and stuff. And he sounded like he was speaking like a different language altogether. Like I, like he would start talking about things and I would have no idea what any of it was. And I was like glued to it. Like, I want to know what that is, you know, and I want to do that. Yeah. And um, I told my dad, I wanted to go to auto school. And he was like, he's like, well, if it's, he's like, what your career should be, what makes you happy? He said, if this is what's going to make you happy, then I think, then that's what you should do. He said, don't always expect it to be easy. He said, don't, you know, it might be really difficult. It might not, um, you know, always be happy for you every day, but, you know, in the beginning. Um, that's awesome. What a great yeah. answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a phenomenal, that's like the perfect answer. Dads, take note. That's a great answer. <laughs> Yeah, he he wanted to make sure I was prepared for it to like right. You like, know, yeah, you gotta be might real not want me it. there, or like it might be, I might might get harassed, or it might be difficult. But um. yeah, I think that's something a lot of guys, from what I like, talk with men in the industry and fathers. Like, I think that's what people struggle with is like, how do I both be supportive and encouraging, but also prepare them realistically for the fact that like right. not everybody is going to be welcoming and, and it may not mm -hmm. always be an easy road, but like what a perfect, that was a perfect response, dad. Way to go, dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My parents are so great, but um, yeah, they were very supportive of me from the beginning. That's um, awesome. and they did. I mean, so I've heard some guys like try to warn the girls about how difficult it might be, but they like, Give it up like horror stories. Like, like, okay, right. well, there's a there's a line there where you're not trying to like scare people off, you know? <laughs> yeah. I struggle, I, I struggle I, with yeah. that too. It's it's a hard one because you do you do want to be honest, you want to be realistic, you want right. people to go in eyes wide open, but you also don't want to be scaring them, right? And and you still right. want to be supportive. And I struggle sometimes even too with this podcast. Like I want to be open and real and talk about the crap because there there is crap. Right? And if they right. don't talk about it, it'll never change. We'll never move right. past the, the bad stuff. But like trying yeah. to balance it out between like, yeah, there's crap and we want to change it, but we also really love it. And like, it's a, it's a tough balance sometimes. Right. Definitely. So um, I was just talking about that earlier today about how. Um, sorry, I'm trying to catch my my train here. <laughs> um <laughs> That um, <laughs> I mean, what was that thing? We got, we got, you got the same squirrel brain as I do, huh? <laughs> yeah, it might be, it might just be gone. I don't know. That's right. You're but, allowed. You're yeah. allowed. <laughs> just the, the balance, the, um, right? The balance. So, so as a auto mechanic, in the beginning, yeah. it's difficult whether you're male or female. And yeah. from a female's point of view, how do you separate? this is difficult because or these people are being hard on me because I'm a girl or this, they're being hard on you because they're trying to teach you the right way to do things. And they're stressing the importance of the safety 
aspects yes. of, of the, the industry itself or, or making sure you don't screw up somebody's car and it's a safety issue. Like, so right. there's, your mentors have to be kind of hard on you a little bit so that you learn the right processes and you do things correctly. And yeah. so are they being hard on you because you're a girl or are they being hard on you because that's how they treat all young people? Right. But there's no way to tell the difference. And then there's also the difficulty of, you know, they do treat you different like a girl or there's their sexual harassment and that thing too. But so, but you can't tell what's what whenever you're first starting in this industry. Absolutely. No, I'm so, I'm yeah. so glad you said that. And you said that perfectly. It is, it, it's really true. It's hard to, it's hard to say. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I speak with young technicians, young female technicians, and they're complaining about something. They're like, oh, my shop is so sexist. They X, Y, Z. And I'm like, Oh, that's actually really pretty standard, right? Like that's that's normal. Right. Like they, yeah, that's you know, normal. They're only letting me do oil yeah. changes. I've been there for three months, and all I do is oil changes. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. You're like, no, you got to start out. That's at the pretty bottom. normal. <laughs> like, yeah. They're not gonna let you like do something major and screw something up before you can prove that you right. can do the basics first. Like, totally. But yeah. I feel like I, it's an interesting thing, and I'm just like thinking about this as we're talking. Like, there's. I was talking with somebody this weekend about the development of apprenticeship programs and like creating um, kind of like a clear path for people to know. And I feel like that yeah. would answer and take that guesswork out of it. And like, I think Definitely. for mentors out there or teachers out there or, or you know, a bosses, the, like, if, if you know that you've got a young person who's starting out and you're training them, if you can prepare them mm -hmm. for like, this is what this process looks like. This is totally normal. This is how all of our new people start. Then you can eliminate yeah. that layer of, well, is this just because I'm a girl? And like, then they develop a chip on their shoulder because they think they're being treated different. And, you know, Definitely. just like take that out of it and eliminate that by just telling them, you know, people are cool with stuff if they know what to expect, I feel like. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like that, like they're okay as long as they can see the path to success. Yeah. As long as they're like, yes, I'm not being pushed out or I'm not, you know, the black sheep that's like everybody's trying to get rid of, you know, or something, you know, if you can yeah. see the path, then you're okay if you're not starting, you know, jumping ahead. Yeah, definitely. exactly. Exactly. So I'm interested, um, getting back to your story, sorry, we rabbit hold because I do that, um, squirrel brain. Um, so <laughs> when you had that Mustang, you were doing body and paint and metal and mechanical. Mm -hmm. What made you choose mechanical as the path you wanted to go down versus the other stuff? Was it just like you were just drawn to it more or what made you go down that direction? Um, well, actually, I had thought about motorcycle mechanic as well. Okay. Um, and then I had thought I, I really I was really into art. I thought about doing body shop for the art aspect. And my decision to do, you know, automotive mechanics was strictly career based. Is okay. I wasn't going after, you know, the high risk. I, I might make it as mm -hmm. like a detailed like airbrushing stuff on cars. Like that. That that's like a specialty position where you have to be a really good artist to do it. And like you might or might not get the amount of work you want to get or get in the shop you want to get in. Um, and the same thing with motor motorcycle mechanics in um, Pennsylvania, you know, you only get so many months to ride. That's and fair. then what, like, what about the rest of the year? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then the motorcycle, um, I knew I wanted to go to college because I wanted to get certifications. I wanted to get, you know, a more direct career path. I wanted 
more of a chance of succeeding if I was going to pick one brand and know it in and out so that whenever customers or, you know, other, other people I worked with or whoever was going to be like, you don't know what you're talking about. I could be like, actually, I really, I really, really do, you know? And I thought that if I went independent shop or, you know, something else that I might like to know everything about general mechanics is it's such a broad spectrum that you can have people question you and you don't know the answer. You're like, well, I have to go look it up, but I wanted to, you know, be very, very confident. So I knew I wanted to pick a brand and my dad had like four Fords and five Fords in the driveway at the time. It just made sense for me, but, um, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I wanted to, you know, do the college and I wanted to get certifications and my dad, he always stressed about, you know, keep up with your training even later on in life and keep up with your and get as many certs as you can because um and continue your training and um that's really going to help your career yeah i feel like that was the big thing for me too because i kind of did the same path it was like i i knew that people were going to question me right or at least you know i felt like people were going to question me as a woman right and um yeah. and i was right but uh <laughs> my, my fear was founded <laughs> but um yeah but i i did i wanted like i wanted to go into a brand i wanted to know it i wanted to have all the certifications and i feel like you know right. for no matter what you feel about various certifications you know people like asc some people don't like asc whatever like for me mm-hmm. i felt like that was that was how I got people to realize that I was serious, right? Like having the certifications, having the graduate program, all of that was like, no, like for real, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's the credibility piece. So Ford was because dad was into Ford and that's why, why Ford versus a different manufacturer. Yeah. And my dad, he was never like the, like the diehard Ford guy. He Uh was just like, well, I already have half the parts and half the tools I need to work on it. I already know what I'm looking at if I stick with Ford. So I might as well do that. And, uh, and his okay. dad had, you know, Thunderbird. And yeah, um, his dad was a Ford guy. At times, That's cool. So it just kind of made sense. So yeah, were you always this pragmatic of a person? Like, like <laughs> seeing the path and like, what's going to be my best odds of success? Like, was that just always you looking at things that way? Yeah, I think I think that's a big part of my personality is like, okay, well, I'm gonna think my way through this and make sure that I'm gonna reach all my goals. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not setting goals that are unreachable. It's not there's no hopes and dreams that are so far in, in the in the future or that, yeah. it, that they're not gonna be reachable. I'm gonna stick five year plan and under and I'm gonna hit yeah. all those goals. <laughs> no, I love it. You were very intentional, you were very clear about it and you wound up creating like you know a path for yourself to give yourself success and and look at you now <laughs> yeah <laughs> and ford's a great program i did i did the baby version of ford so asset is there for those for those who don't know at home explain what the ford asset program is because that's what you went to after high school right right i absolutely love the ford asset program um because it was um close enough it was at a community college so okay. it was close enough that I could drive there from my parents' house and not have to pay for tuition and worry about that. Um, so I got a um, little sidebar. I had wanted an, an F-150. And I had okay. wanted it at 95 F-150. It's exactly what I wanted. But instead, I got a Ranger because I thought I'm going to be driving like an, an hour to school every day. I was like, I better, you know, get a better gas mileage vehicle. <laughs> and um, 
so it was close to home and then it was a, it's a two-year program where you can work your way through schooling so okay. a lot of automotive programs you go sit in a college setting and then they kick you out into the the world afterwards and right you yeah try to find a job well with the ford asset program you would get sponsored by a ford dealer and work like three months in the Ford dealer or whatever, and then work three months and then go three months at school and then three months at Ford. So it's like a, you go back and forth between working and full-time school. And um, so it felt like it gives you the most hands-on experience and the most like true shop experience of what it's really like to be, you know, in a dealer atmosphere um, and what it's actually truly going to be like working in the back of the shop and, um, getting the hands-on experience, I think is the most valuable part of that as well. Um, because it gives you confidence while you're also, you know, learning about stuff that you might not, um, even if you just work hands-on and just do the experience part of it and don't do college, then, okay, well, you might not ever learn about like the true theory behind some of how these systems work. So you might watch somebody replace a part and, and know how to do the step-by-step procedure to do that. But you don't know the theory behind how it all works. And that that's key in diagnosing it easier. If you, if you truly understand how it works, it's easier to diagnose it. Yeah. Oh, 100, 100%. Yeah. That's, I did not realize that asset was set up that way. That's very similar to what like they do in Canada with their journeymen, perhaps their apprenticeship program. It's kind of like back and forth between school and, and hands-on. And I've always wished that there was more of that right. in the United States. I didn't know Ford did that. That's fantastic. And what's amazing, I mean, it was a two-year degree, but it was it was like a fourth of the cost of some of the other automotive programs that would have been, you know, nine months or, you know, some of them were longer. But I know that um, whenever I was in school, um, there was you know, a biotech program that was nine months, but it would cost like four times or five times as much. Yeah, And you had to get sponsored though, to do this with, through a, a Ford dealership or is it right. you get, but did you, you get connected so, with the dealership after you started school or did you have to find the sponsor first? Well, actually um, my high school teachers actually were a big part of that. I mean, nice. um, but they helped me, you know, say, Hey, there's, you know, job shadowing at these, dealerships or there's this asset program if you're interested in it you know and um there was a connections between you know the high school teachers and the dealer managers you know trying to get their students placed well yeah. and um so the dealer managers were they were aware of what the the training program was and they were encouraged you know to hire on future students you know so that they could get the job they wanted you know yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I and I, I'm just noticed that like there was a question from uh, Brad was asking um, as a male automotive instructor, how can I best encourage any female students uh, to finish the program they're in and get their degree? And I think like you just answered that so perfectly without knowing it, like by being oh, okay. involved, right? <laughs> like by right. Like, I mean, um, so involved. yeah, I actually went um, to the first. I had actually got a job at a a Honda dealer because I had, um, in high school, I, my, my future, I don't think I, I'm not sure if I picked the asset program yet, or if I was still, you know, like a junior and wasn't really thinking about college okay. yet at that point. 
but um, I was told that there was a job shadowing position available um, at the Honda dealership. And I was like, okay, cool. I, I need to see what the shop's all about. You know, I need to see what the shop atmosphere is like to see if I'm going to be really uncomfortable, if I'm going to like it or what. And um, whenever I showed up for the job shadowing interview, the interview changed halfway through. And it was like, oh, so you can answer phones and type up things on the computer. And the interview changed as soon as they saw me. And then I ended up being a service cashier at, for oh, wow. evenings. Which, as a high school student, it was nice to have, you know, a summertime position or, you know, an evening sure. position or weekend position. I was like, okay, cool. I came right, in sure. here for a free, like, job shadow thing and ended up with a job. But at the same time, I was like, well, this isn't really what I wanted. And I didn't really get to see much of the shop atmosphere because I wasn't really there when the shop was open. I was like, the nighttime customers come pick up their car person. So, like, it wasn't really what I was looking for, but I was like, okay, well, at least I have my foot in the automotive door, you know? And then, um, I tried, and then I decided to do the asset program and I got hired on at, um, Latrobe Chevy and Ford. And, um, and again, I went in there to interview for their mechanic position and they said, well, it looks like you have experience answering phones. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, but let me be a tech. <laughs> and, um, so they said they they did tell me that I had to be 18 years old to be in the shop, which okay I I think is some bogus crap. But I, think I mean maybe their insurance right. would be a hard give them a hard time about it. I don't know. <laughs> but I ended up being uh like the sales room you know receptionist or in greeter. You know I was a greeter. I hate I that they do out. that to girls yeah. so much. And oh. I I hate it so much. But you know what? Would I have got in this industry without that? I don't know. I, mean, I was probably hard-headed enough. I probably would have still become a mechanic either way. Somebody would have had to let me in. I would have kept right. knocking on that door, you know? But um, <laughs> I know as some girls, they just, I, I think that that roadblock there would definitely sway some girls. Okay, well, whatever, I have a job, you know? And yeah. maybe I don't need to be in the shop or, yeah. you know, like, I don't, Yeah. Yeah, or they wind up stuck there for years on end and like keep trying to break in and they keep getting held back. I've definitely heard that story often. It's just um it just amazes mm -hmm. me that that's still like happening in this day and age. We need techs so badly. Yeah. And shops are like, yeah, we desperately need technicians, but you can answer phones. But, but only certain ones. Like right. okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so so whenever um I went to my first semester, I did he did let me in the shop. And I did go back in the Ford garage for, okay. you know, the three months, the, the summertime, basically, yeah. you know. And then when school started at the asset program um, at uh, the community college, I went for the, the two months, three months, whatever the first semester length was. And whenever I went to come back to the dealer, um, they they, um, they said that they were too slow and they 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 couldn't keep me on full time. If I wanted to come in a couple of days a week, maybe I could do that. But they said, we don't have the work for you here. So I immediately called, I think I called my tech teachers, my high school tech teachers and was like, what do I do? I'm going to lose my Ford sponsor. And they said, we know the manager, you know, it's males so go up there and talk to him. And like, well, like I got you an interview basically. You know I mean? They didn't get me the, it, they couldn't you know, promise me a job, of course. Sure. But so I walked in and he goes, you look just like your picture. And I'm like, oh, like, that's, that's not why you're hiring me. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, but, 
but I was like, also it was like the the Chevy manager, and I was like, listen, I don't like it. Like I, this is this is nice, but I don't need to be over in the other building. I need to be over in Ford. But like it, like you're just like interviewing me because you know the teacher, and this is. But I'm going over there, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, I I did get the job at at the Snails location. I was there for five years. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yay for involved high school shop teachers who helped make all of those connections and happen. And I was so glad that there was at least a dealership nearby that was not going to insist on putting you in the office. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I think that once I was in that shop the first time there was no, there was, I was like, no, look on paper. I did this. So (laughs) there's proof that I didn't, you know, yeah, like I'm serious. I'm taking the class. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm I'm really serious about this, you know? Yeah, definitely. The Ford program. So I did a tiny version of the Ford program because I did I went to UTI and they had like right. a Ford fact program, which was right. like I've it was seen... like three weeks long. It was like the little baby version of what you did. But I was so blown away by the training that they had. Like I feel like I went through UTI, I learned electronics, I learned some diagnostics, but learned a lot mm-hmm. of theory, like you said, like, and the theory is so, so important. You're so dead on. Like, that's, right. you can be a great mechanic if you don't know the theory, but to be like a tech doing diagnostics, like, you really need to understand the theory behind it. Uh, but it wasn't right. until I took the Ford FACT program that I really, like, the electrical really clicked in and made sense because they did such a great job of teaching it, I feel like. Yeah, I think that they really did do a good job at just like explaining things. Yeah, yeah, I did see, so in keeping up with my Ford training, you know, um, there's no longer a Pittsburgh location to go to if I would need, you know, they come up with updated classes that I have to go to. Um, So I occasionally have to travel, you know, either to Cleveland or to Exton, PA. Um, I've had some of my coworkers go up to Buffalo, New York, um, okay. to go to these Ford classes that um, you would need to keep up with these certifications. Yeah. And um, so there's a UTI building, I think, is where the um, the Exton location is. Oh, that's where like they have the classes. UTA. Okay. Right, the classes. And then there's all these, there's always posters and all this stuff about the FACT program. So yeah. I think that it is um, really a popular program. It's a, and, it's a good uh, one. They really encourage all of their students to take it. And I definitely, if anybody is, happens to be watching this or listening to this and you're going to tech school and you have the opportunity, like even if you don't plan on working on Fords, like I, I knew that I wasn't going to go into Ford. I was like, had my heart set on BMW, um, nothing right. against Fords. I just, but like, just to take the class was so worth it. If you have the opportunity, take it. It is such a good program. Um, and no, they are not one of our sponsors for this podcast. I'm generally saying that. Um, and just to be clear, I only take on sponsors that I can genuinely stand behind. Um, so. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> so yeah, great program if you have the opportunity to do it. So so now you're in your job. So you go through this program. Um, I guess I should, I should ask, like, what was the program like for you in the schooling? Like, how were you, were you the only girl there? What was the school experience like? How were the teachers there? Like, obviously your high school teachers were super supportive. How were the college instructors? Um, they were, you know, they were a little bit tougher on me, I guess. And maybe, maybe not. I'm not, it's hard to kind of (laughs) gauge them. Yeah. 
you know, they um, feel like they didn't have as much patience for me goofing off, you know, or if I would be up too late the night before or like not off in the afternoon in class or something. They were just like, no, like you're, you chose this dummy, you know, like pay attention. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if like, I, I didn't do really well in class because I was distracted or one reason or another. I mean, I was dating one of the guys in class. So I ended up marrying. So I mean, <laughs> I was you know distracted a little bit maybe, but, and I had told myself that I wasn't going to date any of the guys in class. Because I was like, okay, right. these are the friends only. Like, I'm not dating yes. any of these people. Like, I'm serious about my career, and I'm not letting a stupid boy derail me. Right. And then I met my husband, and he's just been super, like, supportive of me the entire time. You so. can't control when you fall in love. And clearly, it was not just, no. like, some silly fling. Like, this was this was your person. So you just happened to meet Definitely. him in school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Whenever I met him, oh, gosh, he had this... Um, f-250 that was a diesel and it was a stick shift and he would sometimes it wouldn't start and he would like coast start it down a hill and then like pop the clutch and like start his truck it was like i don't know and, I thought and that's what did it for you that were, like, <laughs> it was that's a little, the man was i'm like, gonna marry well it was super redneck but he lived in the middle of the city and it was super confusing <laughs> to me so i think how did I find a country boy in the middle of the hood? Oh, I love it. <laughs> and that's the moment she knew, guys. That's the moment she knew. <laughs> no, it was the moment whenever I was on the back of a street bike with a dirt bike tire and I was holding on to him and I was like, oh God, don't fall down. <laughs> I love it. That is fantastic. <laughs> okay. So, so we kind of, we worked backwards. We worked forwards. I think we've met in the middle. You were at the one shop for five years and then, then became the transmission tech and, at, and now you're at where you're currently at. Did we, do we miss any major rocks right. in there? <laughs> Just like a little timing in the middle there where, I mean, I did the five years with Smail and then I had my son Cam and um, when I got okay. pregnant with Cameron, then the shop didn't want me. They, they, I think that they had an issue with, they were worried about insurance with me being pregnant oh. in the shop maybe, or um, they were trying to get me to, I remember they wanted doctor's notes that said it was okay to work in the shop. And my doctor was like, I'm not a mechanic. I don't, what do you even do all day? Give me like <laughs> MSDS sheets for like power steering fluid. I'm like, everything says it causes cancer on there. Like, I don't know. What do you want from me? Like, is it, does it, is it, it says it like causes re 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 what do you call it reproductive harm. reproductive yeah <laughs> but like is that if you drink it or if like <laughs> if you get it on your skin or in your eyeball like at what point like can I just wear gloves and it'll be okay or like right. not and yeah. I didn't know how to answer any of those questions and then they were just like listen like we're just not playing any games like you can't oh, be in the shop anymore oh wow. and then I um, interviewed for their like the customer care center position okay which was kind of like their call center for all of their for their big dealer group and um i hated it <laughs> um they thought that i would be really good at it because of my automotive background and then like me being able to talk to people on the phone and all the receptionist yeah you know, all your history experience. answering phones yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they thought that i would be okay at it and i thought i did okay um but man and i hate it <laughs> And then I stayed at yeah. home with my son because my husband wanted me to. And I am not a homebody. And <laughs> I was not happy. 
and I couldn't wait to get back to this career. So, yeah. Um, yeah. How about with your, your daughters, you're younger, right? Did, yes. did you work, did you stay working when you were pregnant with her? Oh yeah. Whenever I was down at um, Davies down in Paulsville, um, I said that, okay, listen, I would like to work through part of my pregnancy, if not as like a good portion of it. I was like, but what do you want me to do? You know what I mean? This is what I want. What, what's going to actually happen, you know? And um, Jim Davies was so great. He That's said, awesome. um, you can work through as much of it as you want. You know, if you need help picking something up, we'll get somebody to help you. You know, he's very supportive. That's awesome. And um, I worked up until I was six months pregnant with Rose. Um, that was what my my husband's cutoff was kind of thing. Like he would, <laughs> he would rather I didn't work through the whole pregnancy with that yeah. job. So I just kind of worked it out with um, the owner of the dealership and said, you know, this is where I'm at. Is this okay with you? And he was like, yeah, that's great. And then um, that's awesome. he said, after you have Rose um, and you go through your maternity leave, he said, um, why don't you come back? Um, he says, and then he ended up selling that location and he had a second location. He said, well, I want you to come to the second location. And it was like, I had, you know, the three months off with the maternity leave and I had had a C-section and he, two months in, he was like, come back. When are you coming back? Like, I need you. He's like, like calling me like every other, like not every other day, but it was like, I really need you. You know, he's like, I'm excited for you to come to the, this location. Aww. Oh, that had to feel um, so good. Yeah, it was, it was so good. And um, yeah, it was, it was nice. Um, and then going back to work was um, like kind of like a little bit of a relief and kind of like really hard at that time too, because I had, you know, like a, a new baby at home and then like a toddler and, you know, it was just very chaotic. And, yeah. um, and did you a, guys have the shop at that point too? Um, or was that, did that come later? Uh, Cause that's a lot to juggle. You know, My the gosh. Shop, the shop might've got started in like 18 and Rose was born in 18. So I think. Oh, dang. Right, right along. Yeah. <laughs> I think we started the shop right during that all. And then so you Jim added Davies a new child and a new shop at yes. the same time. And then I was their sole transmission tech again. And then um, the diesel guy quit. And then so I went and got more Ford training done to be like a diesel master tech through Ford as well. Oh and then he wanted me to get, you know, my medium duty or heavy duty truck inspection license so that he could sell the bigger trucks as well. And um, I went and did that. And um, I was just juggling so much at that time. Yeah, and, I don't know. Um, how I, at that time, that's insane. I, I was making good money, too, because it was like I was making a lot of hours. And um, I was really proud of that. You know, yeah. I was doing transmission rebuilds and then, you know the F-150s have, um, some of the engines had, there was a lot of, a big rush of phaser jobs that came in, you know, the VCT mm -hmm. phasers on the camshafts. Um, so those jobs, um, you know, would pay and I, I could do them in like half the time, Nice, you know, and then, and then the, um, my manager at the time would, he's always like, Oh, I scheduled two for today, <laughs> you know, like, and then he'd also like, I'm running around like diagnosing stuff and, there were oh some other God. techs there that um, weren't Ford trained and they needed help with diagnosing stuff as well. And I felt like I was like running around doing everything. 
and How at the same time, like the kids were crazy and it was just, it was just so much. <laughs> That's a tough end starting a new business with your husband all at the same time. How, right. Holy bejesus. How did you survive all of that? That's well, I kind of didn't. I started dyeing my hair real bright colors. I'm going a little crazy. <laughs> so um, through a phase, that's point cool. where I had, I got a stomach ulcer from the stress. Oh, wow. And then I was like, and I, cause I would go in early and I would stay till like seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock at night and then drive. It was like almost a half an hour to drive home. And then I was dealing with like the kids stuff then at that point too. And it was just, it was just so much. And um, yeah. like, I felt really confident in my abilities at the time, but it was also um, that I, somebody had told me um, that the C. Harper dealership would pay me a lot more and they had an air conditioned shop and I wouldn't have to work on the big trucks anymore. And like, I didn't mind working on the bigger stuff or the diesels, um, but it is definitely harder on your body. And then sure. when you do the bigger work, the super duties, the big stuff, you get fleet vehicles where the people come in with, you know, six inches of mud caked and dried underneath their truck. Right. And it's like, everything's dirty. And, and then there's salt trucks that are like completely rusted out. And then they have, there's mud packed underneath on the, then there's rust flakes. And it's like, not only is this like the, not only are the parts heavier, but like nothing wants to come apart. And so you're always yeah. using torches and really sledgehammers and you just yeah it's a lot it's just that's it's why just i don't work in the northeast anymore i'm from new york originally and that is that <laughs> yeah. is why i in left the, the, the salt the, the rust belt <laughs> yeah. yes that is why right there i do not envy you that so did you like did you know that you were maxing yourself out and then like the ulcer was like yeah you're you're like proof or were you just kind of like so in the zone and just juggling all the things and like pure adrenaline and then the ulcer was like hey girl you need to stop <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think I was like in the zone dealing with everything um might have been and then I had to realize I didn't know how to take care of a stomach ulcer so I had to figure that out what to cut Who out does? Yeah. And apparently I had been drinking a lot of energy drinks and alcohol and <laughs> just to manage my way through it all. That yeah. Like, um, I apparently I, and then I didn't know some stuff had like acid in it or was like citric. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, like I didn't, I didn't know right. things were acidic. I didn't know chocolate was acidic. What is that? What? <laughs> you know, chocolate right. doesn't taste like an orange. Like I don't, I don't understand this. <laughs> Right. And so, those like, are like all the things that we live a little off bit, of. Yeah. Right. Like, and yeah. when we're stressed and we're doing too many things, that's the stuff that we live off of. We're like, oh, energy yeah, drinks, chocolate, caffeine. Stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. Crazy. Um, also, you know, what's crazy is I just looked at the freaking time. How are we almost done with our hour already? Oh, no. What is going on? <laughs> These hours go way too fast. This is not fair. Um, so I want I want to talk a little bit. There's so much more to talk about with you. My goodness. Um, you've got such a, a rich story and so many interesting perspectives. I, I love it. Your career has been fantastic. Um, tell me about the work that you do with the ASC Education Foundation. And I know a lot of people don't really necessarily know what the Education Foundation is, but like, what do you, what do you get to do sitting on the board with them? And then, and what has that been like? Well, it's just been like a whirlwind. And also I'm like, I'm not an educator myself. So 
but I've been to every single one of the schools. Like <laughs> my high school tech was ASE accredited, you know, and, you know, so I've had firsthand experience with what these programs like the the standards that the ASC Education Foundation puts in place for these schools really um, made my story easy because there was a there was a a clear path of education that made it so that I was fully well rounded before I even wanted to figure out which part of the industry I wanted to go into and that's just so important and so being on the board is like I feel so out of place like there's all these crazy important people and i just feel like i work on cars you know but <laughs> they said um they keep stressing about how important it is to have someone who's working in the field to be their voice you know what i mean to, to voice have a voice in those meetings and to say you know well this doesn't quite make sense you know yeah. or the industry doesn't need this as much like from you know um aftermarket standpoints or this, um, you know, the people that are in on the board with me um, have an automotive background, but it's a lot, it looks a lot different than my day-to-day sure. life. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, having my input is, is really valuable to them. And I feel so valued whenever I'm there. I thought I would feel out of place or feel as though I was less than in some way. I don't know why I thought that, but they have really opened like they welcomed me with open arms and yeah. um, it, it makes it, it feel like so important what I do there. And um, it is, yeah. it is. That's awesome. And I get it. Like I get that, that like fear of, am I going to be a fish out of water? Am I going to be this out over my head or right. out of my league or whatever? But I, I mean, I think from everything that you've shared with your story thus far is like, you're, you're a product of, the benefits of the ASE Foundation and the work that they do to help the schools, to help the teachers, to help Definitely. employers be connected with the schools. I think that's a lot of the things that like people don't realize that ASE Foundation does is like connecting, like, okay, I know I need to hire an apprentice. How do I find them? How do I connect with the high school or the trade school to get somebody yeah. in my shop and what that looks like. And, um, and you're, you're the product of it. Like you experienced the good, the bad, what worked, what didn't work. You're perfect for it. That's, that's awesome. Right. Are there pet, pet projects? Are there things that you guys are working on that you can share or, or brag on or tell us about from, uh, from the foundation? Um, so the last couple of meetings, um, the last meeting we went to, it was, concentrating a lot on, you know, body stuff, you know, body shop okay. um, in the okay. body programs. Um, but they've also been trying to figure out how to, you know, get more schools on board, you know, mm. with this ASE program and, um, you know, how to show them what the value of the ASE accreditation really is. And um, so that's kind of where we've been, you know, trying to figure out, okay, do people know what the ASC Foundation is? You know I don't I mean? think a lot of people and, do. Right. And, and ways to get, you know, their message out there of what, how important they are and, you know, what they do for the industry. I mean, yeah. that's been really important to like, okay, well, if you hang up, if you become an ASC accredited shop or if your school is ASC accredited, um, you know, 
does everybody know that? And do they know what that means if you put their logo up or you? Right. What are the benefits? What comes along with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's the most common thing that I feel like we talk about at automotive conferences, at events. We're going to be talking about it at Apex. We're going to be talking about it at SEMA. We're talking about it at every event that we go to is like, okay, so how do we get more technicians? And why do we have such a poor rate of people staying in the industry? Like we, we get kids in school, they get, we get them in the high school programs, we get them in the college programs. But then I I heard a number this past weekend at the conference I was at that like 44% of the students don't stay with the industry after like four years. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that, or, or even go into the industry at all after high school or college. And like, that's, horrible that's a horrible number right right so we had a big conversation about that yeah we had a big conversation with about that in the one of the meetings we were i was just at where it was like okay well um if the high school program that they're going to isn't ase accredited that opens up these teachers to be able to um they have more time on their their schedule to teach some other side programs that aren't okay. strictly automotive career related. Um, so mm. maybe that might include like a fun project, you know, like um, like go-kart racing or, or you know, working on tractors or, or something else, okay. you know, that, okay. that would be maybe relevant for uh, yeah. a tech shop to teach. But, um, but it, it doesn't leave enough time for the teachers to do all the steps so that the students are well prepared for this industry. So I, then we're talking about how to, you know, make the education that they're getting the most valuable that they can have. And so that they're most, the most prepared for the industry. You know, if they're, if they're not prepared for the industry, then they, they don't know what they're walking into when they go into it, then they, then you lose a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, They were talking about that with the body shops. Um, Yeah. It's an issue on all sides. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They were saying that um, students, um, they they want to go to auto body because they like, like how my thought of it was, oh, I'm going to get to like airbrush, you know, dragons on motorcycles. Right. Which is not what it is. Cars and <laughs> and that is a part of this industry that is really cool, but sure. it's not the career path for most students. So yeah. like if you, it's not like a... It is one of the more high risk, you know, um, plans, if that's your whole goal and your whole career, right. path, you know. And that might be it, a go to art school thing, not a go to collision school, because collision school and body yeah. shop, it, like that's a very different thing. <laughs> Definitely. So, I mean, it's having the school have the right curriculum so that they, so the students are the most prepared they can be, which I felt yeah. so prepared to go to college. Yeah. I felt like I... Um, I, I wasn't walking into something where I didn't know what it was after my high school experience. And I feel, I feel like it's so valuable. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's the, it's the training, getting you prepared, like knowing what you're getting into. And then it's all those other pieces of like having the connections with dealerships and shops and, and all of that. Like it's all part of the, part of the puzzle. I think that's like a lot of the magic that goes on behind the scenes that people don't realize with ASE that it is like, it's not, it's not just the certification patch on your sleeve. It's the like, right. how how do we get people into the industry and keep them in the industry and make sure they're successful in the industry? Right. <laughs> and, and I mean, and that, that, that the certifications um, 
can get some people into this industry in the first place. It might, it might put yeah. them on the map. So, yeah. I mean, it's important all the way around, but that, um, that bridge in between school and career, that that's, that's something that they're, they're always constantly working on and trying to make new pathways and make it, make it better because there are so many students that are, they make it a year in the industry and then that's it or, yeah. or not even that, you know, and yeah. that, um, that's such a shame because um, they're trying to figure out where that breakdown is too. You know, is it um, like um, shop owner culture or atmosphere or, you know, is that, is that something that can be worked with? You know what I mean? Is that something that um, you talk to the right people and pull the right strings and, yeah. and, and, and fix it somehow, you know? I feel like that's like a whole nother hour long conversation. And maybe we need to have a part <laughs> two of this. Like maybe we need to do like another little like panel discussion type thing, specifically talking about this and have you back on and like do some more talk about this. Cause I like, I'd love to dig into all of that with you. I think it'd be really cool. Um, but since we yeah. are already over an hour and I know you have children <laughs> who are probably like wanting to see you and a husband who is probably very excited for you to be done with this. Um, I want to be respectful <laughs> of your time. So we're going to wrap this up. Um, you have had a phenomenal career. You're super inspiring. And I, I'm so glad that you were able to take some time out of your day to hang out with me. Thank you so, so very much, Jenny. Uh, this has been a ton of fun. You're great. Thank you. It was so, so wonderful to meet you. <laughs> we're going to talk more. This is not the end. We are talking more. We're going to hang out more. Um, and I'm going to be in Pittsburgh soon. So I want to, I want to meet you in real life. I think it'd be really awesome. So, um, be so cool. until then, <laughs> thank you so much. And folks at home, um, thank you guys all so much for coming and hanging out with us for this last a little bit over an hour. Sorry. I always go long. I'm so sorry. Um, but we appreciate you hanging out with us. I hope you guys enjoyed meeting Jenny as much as I did. Um, I will have in the description down below uh, a link to Jenny's social media on TikTok, on Instagram. Make sure you go follow her, check her out, show her some support for everything that she is doing. And then, of course, there will also be links so you can get your butts registered to go to Apex if you're in the automotive industry in any capacity. Apex is the place that you need to be. So go get registered for that. And, of course, there is also a link for the ASE Education Foundation so you can find out more about all of this stuff that we've been talking about and all that ASE does to help not only bring kids into the industry, but help make sure that they're successful like Jenny has been um, and have a, an amazing career like she has. So go check them out as well. And of course, every Wednesday, come on back to YouTube, to Facebook um, for another live episode of the With Her Two Hands podcast. And every Monday, we release an archive episode. So two times a week, you get an episode of With Her Two Hands. And of course, you can listen anytime on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Until next time, be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. Bye, guys. Bye.